Welcome to the Intoxicated Podcast, a weekly comedy talk show that dives into the personal lives of comedians, experts, and creators. I'm your host, Sarah McClellan, a very amateur stand-up comedian and self-proclaimed sad girl. It's the comedy podcast with a lot of heart. Feel hard and talk hard. This is the Intoxicated Podcast. Oh, hey there, internet. What's going on? Welcome back to the Intoxicated Podcast. It's been a while, I know. I have no excuse at all. I do have a reason, though, why it's been so long. Uh, I've been depressed as fuck. Turns out uh, antidepressants, they don't do the full trick. Um, Had full intentions of uh, staying on this bi-weekly schedule and then lost an entire week to depression, which is no fun, and I do not wish it upon everybody. But you want to know what? Here we are now. We are here with a new episode. I'm happy to be back, and hopefully I will stay on track from here on out. But, uh, you know, I got to say, no promises. No promises at all, because life happens. And when life happens, you're not always thinking about a podcast episode. Um. So it is what it is, but I am so excited to have a new episode for you right now. Today's guest is a force to be reckoned with here in Halifax, taking the comedy scene by storm. It is the great and very funny John Pickett. He's been doing comedy for almost a year now, which is crazy. It feels like just yesterday, but also not at the same time. It's crazy how fast time goes by. I do remember John when he was popping up initially on the scene and like doing so well right away. Not only is he a great comedian and joke writer, but he has produced shows. He was also a roast battle champion. He's doing lots here in Halifax comedy. And let me tell you, it takes something extra in somebody to do as much as someone like John does. Because it's one thing to focus on your own comedy and get your stage time and put the work in. But it's a whole other thing when you're helping out other people with shows and producing yourself. So John really does do a lot for Halifax Comedy. And he is such a great guy. And it was really fun getting to know him on this podcast. So do make sure to give him a follow and stay up to date with what he's doing. Before I get to the episode, just a reminder that you can send in questions to the podcast. I would love to do another Q&A episode at some point soon. You can do that via voicemail through SpeakPipe or through the TalkLine form, which is totally anonymous and a great way to just say whatever the fuck you want. So those are two ways to get in touch with me. Also follow Intoxicated on social media, Instagram, TikTok. And if you're digging the show, I always appreciate an Apple podcast rating or review. I got one recently that was five stars and super honest that just said, this show is okay. Um, you know what? It was still five stars, so I appreciate it. But that's about it, you guys. I do apologize for being a little inconsistent with this release schedule. To be honest, things have just been very difficult um lately, and I'm just I'm really trying my best here. But but let's hope it's onwards and up from here. So let's get to it, shall we? Please enjoy this great conversation with the very funny John Pickett.
also haven't podcasted in a long time oh. since Kathleen, actually. Oh, really? That was the last time I recorded. Oh, wow. Because I... Huge like, shoes to fill. Well, like, you were always <laughs> scheduled, but then uh, yeah. I realized I was, like, off, like, trying to do bi-weekly, and then I, I realized I totally missed a week because of depression. Oh, really? I had, like, a whole week where I was just, like, in a dark, gloomy place. Oh, that sucks. And I spent a whole weekend in bed, yeah. and I was like, oh, fuck, <laughs> I should have recorded. <laughs> but it probably wouldn't have been good anyway, but... Yeah, but, it probably uh, would have been fine. But yeah, it's it's hard to force yourself out of that pit when you're in it. I, yeah, I, totally. I embrace the pit. I'm like, okay, we're leaning into this. We're you know we're, we're eating at a at a Burger King and <laughs> Walmart. Um, let's lean in. It's really funny because I have that too. Like I have depression, so like I can totally. Sometimes you can just tell when it's coming on, or like when uh, when you need to lean into it, or just accepting it. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, which is really funny. But yeah, it's uh it's some days you just don't want to get out of bed. Yeah, and that's I I uh I don't normally have the physical symptoms of depression. And lately I've been getting the physical, like the no energy, the tiredness, sleeping all the time, like even like body aches and shit. Yeah. Like oh. like like the physical manifestations of yeah. it, I've been feeling more. Oh, that lately. sucks. Yeah, it does because I'm on fucking meds yeah. and they don't do the whole trick, do they? No, no. They don't do the whole trick. It's uh, even like, uh, so I'm on meds too and like you you get used to them at a point, right? So, but when I first started, I took them for like three or four weeks and then my doctor had a follow-up interview and she was like, how are they working on a scale of one to 10? And I just didn't even think about it. I just gave her an answer because yeah. I was like, I used, well, I still am, I guess, a people preacher, but I, I uh, I didn't put any thought in it. I was just like, oh, fucking seven. Right. And it was like probably a two. So then I took him <laughs> the same doses of the same shitty meds for like three or four more weeks until I had another appointment. And then we like increased the dose and, and it's pretty well been fine ever since. I think I'm on the highest dose that there is. Really? I, I would love to write a joke about how my depression is beating. Like I, it's like a video game. Like I'm <laughs> I'm defeating the meds. Yeah. Like I'm too sad for the meds. Yeah. Like your sadness is just the boss at the end, right? <laughs> yes, it is. And the meds is like the little character that has to take down the boss. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I still think it. I still think overall it's helped, but like, it it certainly is not a band aid. It certainly doesn't stop the it entirely. Yeah, no, you know? I don't think so. Like, you, you need more other other things going you need, on. Yeah, absolutely. And you need to talking about it helps. You know what I mean? And yeah. uh, it's also good. When it's like, uh, you know what to expect or something like that, right? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So that, that kind of helps. When you too. know yourself. You're yeah. Like, I, just yeah. Need, I just need to do X to and, get over X. Yeah. And sometimes like it's very simple. Like it's just like, this is just going to happen today. And I'll be that's like, right. forgive, like be Forgivers? more forgiving. Oh my yeah. God. That's a huge thing. Yeah. The guilt, the guilt will put you in another depression. Yeah. It's just a vicious cycle, right? Vicious fucking cycle. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh, depressed comedians, am I right? Oh my god. <laughs> what else is new? Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's get into it's it. Fun. All right, everyone. All right. Welcome back to the podcast, Intoxicated Podcast, that is. That's the name of my show. I did not forget it. It's been a while. It's been a while, but I'm so excited to be here with somebody who I've been wanting to chat with ever since we became like buds, really. Yeah. Like I've wanted to have you on for a while. Um, it is the wicked John Pickett. <laughs> 
it. Do you like that nickname? Yeah, I think Martin came up with that. Did he? Yeah, he was the first person I remember <laughs> using it. But yeah, it's uh Oh, Wicked John Pickett. <laughs> so you are, uh, would you call yourself a new comedian? I guess so. It's coming up on a year. So yeah, as much. everyone has different definitions of new. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I don't know. I, I guess so, but I've done a lot of mics Fuck yeah, um, in, Holy this, in this like shit. year. Yeah, so I kind of really hit the ground running. You did. Yeah. And in uh, your application, yeah, which is, I always find it funny when like someone I'm friends with, closer with, <laughs> like buds with, will send in an application because I'm like, you could have just... Just, just ask me. <laughs> I know, I know. You know, like it's really funny. But it also is nice to get that little blurb, like from the person. Yeah. Of like things, like you said that you got into comedy because it was a bucket list. Yeah, item. totally. It's a really funny uh, story. Um, I got into it. I always wanted to do it and just never really found the time. My brother did it before me. Oh. So he's my younger brother from St. John's. He did it for a couple years, and I was always like, like vicariously talking to him about it and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, I did it on a whim at Foggy one night. I went out and we had, like, this big guys day from uh, all my coworkers and stuff. Me and my buddy rode around on scooters, went to a Wanderers oh game. My God. Were you drunk? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, was so, I was so drunk and stoned, I sat at the bar at Foggy <laughs> looking for the work bitch hat that you put your name into. And I thought the cup full of markers were straws. And I was just like, I don't know where the fuck I put my name in here. <laughs> Yeah. And did then, you out of curiosity? So like you knew about it through your brother. Yeah. How did you find out about Foggy? Amanda. Oh, so right, because you know Amanda. Yeah, I uh, I knew about though I I knew a little bit about comedy from my brother, and uh, and I've always talked about like wanting to maybe do it, and then I went to school with Amanda, and I ran into her at Beerly's one night, and she was like, yeah, I should absolutely try it, and Foggy Goggle on a Sunday night's a good time, yes. and uh, then the very next week we had this guy's night. Where uh, we rode around on scooters and stuff. Uh, I left and ditched all my friends and went to Foggy alone because I didn't want to have like a group of people watching me do it. The first time I just wanted to do it like just for me. Bless you. There yeah. are two types. And Josh, Josh Poulin is here, everybody listening and, and <laughs> as a fly on the wall. There's two types of comics. The comic who brings people. Yeah. And the comic who never wants to. <laughs> <laughs> I brought people. And I am in the second group. Yeah. I hate doing comedy in front of people I respect. Yeah? Yeah. Like like people I li like love or I'm close with, like friends, family. Hate it. Hate it. I've gotten used to it. I just didn't want to do it for the first time. Like, yeah. No, no, no. I was Ooh, yeah. very aware that I wanted it to be something that I did just like for just me. Just for youth. I love yeah. that. Which was rare. And it was just a good time. I was like coming out of the a breakup and doing things like experiencing things just kind of like for myself for the first time, which was really fun. And uh, yeah, it was. Uh, Ooh, I love that. And then it was just like uh, I was only going to do it on Sunday nights because I'm off Sundays. And I was going to the foggy. And then, yeah, it just became a really fun thing. What was the second room you did outside of foggies? Uh, I think Red Room. Ah. Durham and Amanda just started Red Room. So I right. think it would be Red Room was the second room I did and then I did a Beerleys before Christmas and a District 5 like uh, oh my god yeah. R.I.P. District 5 <laughs> okay yeah. what a room that was yeah I... the weekly room was way different Carolyn Davis is doing it again now and I think it's different is uh, it? yeah Good. I did one there and it was a different because like the other District 5 it was like you were just crashing people's after work hang yep 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 Oh my yeah. god! Oof, that was a tough room to do. Yeah, yeah. When, when when it was District Five. Yeah, that is that was a tough one. 
Yeah, so the very first night I did my set at Foggy, uh, I ditched my friends to go do it. They all went on scooters when they were drunk, and I did my first set, and my buddy called me. He broke his wrist. He fell off the scooter and broke his wrist. <laughs> yeah, so I'll never forget the day because it was very eventful. After you did your set? Yeah, if I had to keep going with them, I would have witnessed him. He hit a pothole, my buddy Chris, and uh, flew off and broke his wrist. Wow. Yeah, I felt terrible. It's like a sliding doors moment. Like, what would have happened if you would have stayed? Yeah, right? Not done comedy. I wouldn't be a guest in the pod show. Yeah. I'm probably would be looking to get into nursing. He was so traumatized with Chris breaking his wrist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's wild. That's yeah. really cool. So you did it and then you got the bug right away. You enjoyed kind it. Kind right? of, yeah. You got it right away. Yeah, I was uh it was just it, for me like it was a lot of fun to do writing again. Like I haven't written. Like I went to school for journalism Ooh. and I did mm-hmm. like journalism and stuff like that. And yeah, it was just a lot of fun to have something to write and like be creative and use that other side of the brain. So as like an an outlet kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Yeah. And you've stuck with it and you've stuck with it hard. Yeah, I've been doing a lot. It's been fun. It's been really fun. And uh, it's just something that it's nice. Like I think I really like the sense of community and stuff like that. So Mm -hmm. it's nice to have um, a little bit of routine and stuff like that. Yeah. It's like a guaranteed hangout. Yeah, if, true. If it's do, like a guaranteed hangout. You do a mic, like you're guaranteed to see people and socialize. Yeah, and it's harder to socialize sometimes, like when you're just an adult. Like, yes. you just basically go to work, you have coworkers. And <laughs> yes, so true. So true. Yeah, so it's nice for that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Do you find that your um, work life and your comedy life, do you find that you're two separate people? A little bit. Um, Personality my wise. work life, my work life is different. I'm a very different person. Like, uh, I work selling cars, so right. it's uh, and it's just weird. It's a different hat that you put on. Kind of. Um, I'm still. I like to think I'm the same person, but it's like I'm much more. Like, I have no. I've been there nine years, so I have like a lot less patience for like the work side of it. Customers, I can deal with customers all day long. It's like the only thing that keeps me in the job because I'm a. I like talking to people and asking them questions. So like all that stuff lends itself very well to sales. Mm -hmm. But in terms of like the process and like the way that you get motivated in a commission sales job is so different than how I would motivate myself and stuff like that. Right. So it's all about money, right? So they just kind of, so it's a lot of motivation just by money. And I don't like that. (laughs) Interesting. Yeah. So it's different. Yeah. It's It's a little bit different. High pressure. It can be. It can be because you don't make money if you don't sell cars and stuff, right? So it can be high pressure and stress and stuff like that. But ultimately, like, I've got, if I, I probably would never have sold cars as long as I have, I didn't have like a strong group of coworkers. Like, they're really, really supportive. They kind of, uh, a lot of them like let me vent and they vent to me. And that's huge. They, and, and we're close friends. Like, a bunch of us hang out. Like, that's what that, uh, that hangout was. Like, my buddy Chris sold cars to me for a bit. And uh, we all hang out like outside of work. So it's a really good, um, good environment. Mm. And you can pick up on that. Like some places you go, like dealerships and stuff like that, you can tell like they all hate each other. Like there's like an underlying tension. And, oh, yeah. And you, it's and really you can funny. Sense it. you can, oh, yeah. Like, you can like smell it. Yes. And it's really funny. And there's nothing worse than like not liking your coworkers. I mean, yeah. work is so much of our lives. We, we should try to like what we do or We're, like what we do or like the, you know, the people we work with. Some aspect we should enjoy. Yeah. I find like our little dealership is uh, 
feels like a kitchen party sometimes. There's oh, a I lot love of that. like a lot of like people from like one of my good buddies there, Rob is from New Waterford, so he's from like Cape Breton. Oh, nice. And we got like two or three Newfoundlanders. And like yeah. it's a very it's a very good wholesome yeah, wholesome kind of yeah i mean in, in terms of like how stressful buying a car is we try to I've not heard make it's it stressful yeah i i've never done it i've i've been a part of it like hundreds <laughs> of times i've never bought a car wow. yeah and it's uh it is stressful i get stressed out sometimes just like presenting like this is like forty thousand dollars or fifty thousand dollars you know what i mean right but it's all relative it's a big decision for somebody yeah i'm like huge. you're a part of it yeah yeah, so I try not to make people feel rushed because, mm. like, there's nothing worse than spending, like, getting buyer's remorse and something like that. Oh, God. Sucks. Holy shit. I can't yeah. imagine. I feel bad for buying everything. Yeah. Even yeah. just, like, little little things I feel bad for buying. Yeah. I can't imagine, like, a big big purchase like that. Yeah, 100%. And you're, so you hail from Labrador. Labrador, yeah. Um, And when did you move to Halifax? What I moved here... In 2011. 2011. 2011 or 2012. Somewhere around there. Gotcha. How old yeah. are you? 36. Oh, uh, okay. Perfect. My age. Yeah, yeah we're right around the same age. Sweet, sweet, sweet. Yeah. Sweet. And Josh, you're, how old are you again? I'm uh, 32. Oh. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I thought you were closer to my age. Uh, I don't know. I, don't I, know. I present older. Yeah, I think. <laughs> yeah. 100%. <laughs> I backed myself into a corner. I like <laughs> you always feel like the more responsible one. Like whenever we hang out. Yeah. Like, yeah. John, I feel anyways. It's the it's because you're a father. I think. I'm the reason that John and I didn't burn down Dollar Lake. <laughs> <laughs> didn't yeah. burn down what? Dollar Lake. <laughs> OK. Is this is there a story behind? Yeah. This? Yeah. hundred percent. Did you want me to tell it? Hey, you're the guest man. Go for All it. All right. Uh, we went camping in Dollar Lake. And uh, had burgers with shrooms on them. Hang on, just you two? Yeah, just the two of us. It was a fun burgers time. with magic with ma magic mushrooms. Not the ideal way to take magic mushrooms. Like they took forever to kick in. But we uh, we had <laughs> a bonfire going. I probably picked up like four loads of uh, firewood and stuff from. Glad you said firework. Yeah. yeah. So four or five uh, Ford Escape like SUV loads. And so much of when we went back the last time, the guy was giving me wood for free. He's like, oh, you've been back here a lot. The wood must be wet, is it? It's like hard to burn. I was like, yeah, man, can't get it going. So we loaded up more. He gave me a bunch of fire starters. And then we were sitting around the fire at like nine o'clock. And uh, we had, there's like a box, like a little box you're supposed to keep the fire within. So I was like uh, maybe a foot wide. We had a fire in there and two fires around the side. And we were piling wood onto it. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was fine, but we woke up. So it uh, it was just billowing, right? And I was like, oh, it's fine. It's fine. Don't worry about it. And uh, he was like, no, no, we got to put it in. And finally, he took a picture and sent it to his wife. And she was like, what the fuck are you guys doing? <laughs> so we put out the fire. Leave it to then, a woman to. Uh... Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So really, when Josh says he's the reason, it was more like Janelle's <laughs> reason. Hey, now. <laughs> it's degrees of separation yeah, I, true. I by took default the you did take the picture touche touche because i recognized that it was getting out of and yeah. janelle was the the you know the the extra set of eyes on it yeah 100 mm -hmm. yeah she was like the editor yeah. <laughs> so funny yeah anyways we woke up and we fucking the entire uh campground was just covered so like our cooler oh. my car was just covered in like soot from the fire Shit. yeah it was funny yeah 
but yeah so that yeah i guess that's why you're the most responsible one yeah it was like it was it, the fire at one point was big enough that one sudden shift in wind direction and it could have been a very different evening <laughs> oh yeah. my god there was a fire band everywhere but provincial parks don't have fire bands but there was so much sparks and embers just flying off of this yeah i just sat there when josh was and i was like man it's not as big as it was we're fine like, it'll be okay but yeah when was this in the summer L- late august oh okay yeah, yeah. August, yeah. was that yeah. your first time doing shrooms no i've done them a couple times mostly like at evolve or like a music festival <laughs> so it's like oh, shit. yeah <laughs> oh shit evolve yeah i could never go to evolve when i was no? younger my parents never let me go. Yeah, my parents didn't really know much about it. My dad called me when I was on the way. He's like, Bobby, be careful for sharks. And I was like, Dad, it's not that. And I don't know where you think I'm going, <laughs> but I'm in like a field. A field. Yeah, yeah. literally. Yeah. But yeah. No. Okay, that's wild. Yeah. I've never done mushrooms. I would love to. That's sometime. the top of the limit for me. I don't do anything past that. I, I'm Fair. a big fan of that because you just eat them. So, like, you know, sure, you're ingesting poison or whatever, but you're probably not going to like OD. I don't like like uh, anything heavier than that right 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 and i grew up like where i grew up in labrador like uh there's a lot of cocaine so i don't like oh, cocaine God. much at all i was yeah. telling a friend the other day because we were walking down up shabak yeah um and there's this house on shabak i won't i won't say where but it's where my ex-boyfriend used to live and uh i was walking by i was just going oh memories of doing coke for the first time with my boyfriend i really didn't want to do it but i was doing it to bond with him so (laughs) i did it and like was still high the next day didn't poop for like three days really yeah i was like it was kind of fun but had some weird uh (laughs) i hear it's weird yeah i've been around enough people on it to know like the stereotypes of like what to expect and stuff like that but uh, it's a lot and certain personalities probably should stay away yeah I like mean, if you're already a lot don't do it or if you're already aggressive enough yes like, don't do it yeah exactly exactly well i would love to get into the assumptions now just, okay just to get fucking two er so i was we're gonna do the assumption segment about john pickett here we go um i was talking to sarah nicole about you okay she also adores you um and she told me that she thinks you've never been in a fist fight uh, not many i've been in like one in grade five grade yeah, five which i don't think it counts grade yeah. five did you start it uh or were you defending yourself I don't know. It was me and another guy in class and uh, we just had like constant beef, I guess. And then, yeah, it got. Love the word beef. Yeah. I, the funniest thing about that, I remember we were in a school like K to 12 and uh, my buddy's older brother was in like grade 10. And he came up to me like after she's like, man, word of the fight made it all the way up to the grade 10 floor. Like, good job. So like everyone from town came out. Oh, my God. And like watched this stupid little fight. Yeah, it was dumb. It was like. uh but yeah, no, I don't fight much. You're I used to bounce, so I used to kick people oh, out okay. in those bars. But I, even then, I would just talk you out. I'd be like, hey, man, my boss says you have to go out. Like, I'm sorry. You're like a nice Yeah, try to bouncer. be. Yeah. Not like, you're not someone who's like glaring. Would you like glare at everybody? No, we were trained at like, because this is in Fredericton, so it's like not as rough. But we were taught to like smile and like not look like oh. you wanted to like rip people apart. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And most of the job was just like keeping obnoxious like 
university kids away from military people. If you did that. Then you were good. Yeah, for the most part, you were good. Yeah. 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 So so Sarah was kind of right with She's that. She's pretty well right. Yeah, I um, wouldn't count that grade five. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I definitely don't see you as like somebody who would like start altercations. No. Or like be be super confrontational. Yeah, I don't think so. Like, I'll try to stand up for myself or whatever, but I also just don't. Like, I think it's just worth picking your battles over certain yes, things. Yes, that's exactly it. We both wrote that we think just like everybody loves you and like you don't have anyone who doesn't like you. Yeah, maybe. I, don't I guess know. May, maybe you might not know if they don't like you. Yeah, I, <laughs> true. But I, very likable. I think so. I think I'm very likable. Um, yeah. And I guess like I'm a bit of a people pleaser, but I Ooh. I just try to lay back. Like I just try to be very laid back. So I don't know. But yeah, I think that's probably a pretty safe assumption. But that's good. That speaks to character being likable like that. Like, yeah, maybe. Like, because there's some people that are like, people will say things like, you just got to get to know them to see their nice side. But then there's other people who are really like, they're just nice all the time. Yeah. Like overall out the gate. Yeah, I guess so. Like good, positive person. That's that's definitely how I see you too. Like, like you came into the scene like like number one you came in like so good like so soon which is rare it's rare for like a new comic to be so good right away but then also very like sociable welcoming to other people wanting to like work together collaborate yeah yeah which is like a very nice nice thing i like that's my favorite part of this has been like kind of getting to meet a whole bunch of people make a whole bunch of new friends and then like i see it as like you know if we all help each other out and make like comedy better, like in the city and, and more opportunities for everyone, everyone wins. Right. Exactly. I don't like being like selfish or like trying to just no. see it as like, this is my job to get myself over. And uh, you know what I mean? And, and do nothing for anyone else. It's kind of like, um, I was talking to someone who runs a brewery and I was talking about the friendly competition between breweries. Yeah. And a lot of them say like craft beer because it's so niche. A lot of the craft beer breweries, they work together. It's friendly competition. It's not this rivalry because they just want to put craft beer on the map against the Bud Lights and the Labats. Like they want people buying craft beer in general versus the bigger chains. Yeah. So it's like if, if one of them wins, they all win. Yeah, 100%. And it's the same way I feel like if I'm on a show and like the people before me did really well, mm-hmm. like I'm happy for that. And I just want to do like keep up the the level or something right yeah, yeah that's so nice yeah and it's a little bit the same at work like we have a friendly competition it's not usually like uh we all hate each other because one guy sells more cars so it's mm. nice it, that's a way better model just for i don't know community for community yeah absolutely um so i oh sarah also said that she thinks that you might have helped people cheat in math no, no, <laughs> far from it. Like, like such a specific <laughs> assumption. Yeah, I love it. Um, I wrote that I think you are like very family oriented. And by that, I mean, you're close with your family, but you also want a family. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, half half points. I'm super close to my family. I don't talk to them a whole lot, but we had like uh, me and my brother, like almost pretty well best friends. Oh, and, well, there you uh, go. Yeah. And I miss him a bunch. And it's always like whenever he comes over, it's just a blast. Um, and it's just fun because like sometimes you have that relationship where like all of a sudden like you're transported back to like, being kids. 
like certain jokes and certain things like just crack each other up right um and then in terms of the family thing yeah uh i used to want one. i used to think i always wanted one and now it's like I don't know. It's not a ticking, right? <laughs> what, it, how, what a joy it must be to be indecisive as a man. Yeah. To just be like, eh, we'll see. Yeah, true, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. For a lot of years when I was thinking about it, like, I I don't know, when I was depressed, I was like, I don't want to bring a kid in this world. And, like, my buddies got kids. And, like, they were three and four years old. And they love the ocean stuff. And I was like, man. By the time you're my age, like you're going to be living in the fucking ocean, like you're right. going to have to get gills. So yeah, I don't know. I always use those excuses as like a reason not to have. Kids. Are they excuses? I don't know. That's a problem. Yeah, I, don't, I haven't like reflected enough to figure out if they were excuses or not. I have a theory that this is what people say to be to come off as more likable than saying I'm selfish and I I want to just enjoy my life without having to take care of another thing like i feel like people just instantly go to i don't want to bring a kid into this world and it's like really it's like let's be honest you just want your freedom still well i didn't want to work at a commission-based job where i didn't know where the money was coming from month to month and try to support for a kid oh. so then i was like that was a huge thing uh that like, would be tough yeah and then the only time i was really stable enough to think about having a kid was during that time and mm. then it just uh yeah and like my ex and i we, we weren't on the same page all the time on that so that was like different so yeah but uh but yeah i i uh i want to become a teacher so that because I, oh, I like kids and yeah stuff i was gonna like say that. i can see you being good with kids yeah i can yeah. see you, like I, in a I just, non-creepy way i would like want my child to like learn to ride a bike through you <laughs> trust you you know yeah. what i mean I was, like i like you just you seem trustworthy thank you thank you <laughs> in yeah. that way i love that so much all right um i do also want to bring up because i did ask josh and michaela oh nice for yeah. assumptions about you good. too very good assumptions um, so i wonder if i should read this one from michaela <laughs> that michaela wrote Go for it. so she just said that she told you um, that in work clothes, you look like you're going golfing and then home to beat your wife. It's <laughs> terrible. What is this, a roast battle? I know, right? Save roast it for the roast, roast battle, Michaela. Uh, she she had be- a wicked roast battle joke or a, a roast joke about me. She would be great at uh, roast. Yeah, 100%. What uh, a good ringtone. That's like- my new phone. It's the default ringtone. Mm-hmm. Speak of the devil. That's actually Michaela right is there. Is it? Oh, no yeah. way. Is she calling? You want to? Wanna- Take it? Answered on air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we really just read to. her assumption. Uh, hey, Michaela, you are on speakerphone. And on Hi. the podcast. And on the podcast. What? <laughs> didn't you just message me? No, you didn't. What? <laughs> John, you were supposed to come get me. I thought you said you were coming to get me at 530. Oh, okay. <laughs> Shit. Uh, Did you? <laughs> I can go get you. <laughs> He's Literally. in the middle of recording a podcast right now that you are now on. You said, hey, Sarah said she can't oh, right. wait until 5.30 to do the podcast. Would you want to come? I can pick you up right after work. And I said, sounds good. Oh, oh crap. shit. Okay. That's, funny. <laughs> That's so funny. Shit. Uh, We're already in it. going to come get me. I told her not to. Oh, shit. Oh, no. Listen, he's a people pleaser. <laughs> he was trying to please too many of us. Yeah. I mean, you owe me like 15 lava cakes. I hope you know that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Michaela, we read your assumption on air. 
What? We read your assumption about that I beat my wife. <laughs> I love that we're talking oh, into the mic like she can hear us through the mic, I but know. she can't. I couldn't come up with anything. I know him way too well. So, um, I don't have any assumptions. Uh, my, I, what I wrote in the group chat was uh, the other day, John picked me up. He was in work clothes, and I said, "It looks like you're going golfing." And then after going home to beat your wife. <laughs> <laughs> So he might have forgot to pick you up, but you have now accused him on a podcast of beating his wife. So I'd say you're even. Right? You don't have a wife, so loophole. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> oh my god! Unlike you, Josh. Fair. Oh, you beat your wife. All right, all right. Let's. I didn't forget to pick you up. <laughs> Can you come pick me up? <laughs> oh, oh man, that sucks. Fuck. Yeah, I really fucked this up. Where does oh yeah, you we did. Crossing. You did. Yeah. And if we weren't already in the flow of the podcast, I would say go get her. Yeah. But nothing podcast sucks. on the road. It was carpool karaoke now. <laughs> <laughs> nothing sucks more than like dropping mo- yeah. dropping momentum in the middle of it. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm really sorry. I fucked that up big time. Well, I'm gonna let you guys go because I'm gonna call my mama to come get me. Yeah, Aww. I'm sorry. Good luck. Sorry. It's okay. We love you. Love you guys too, except for Josh. <laughs> Josh, Jeez, we're not there on the friendship scale, okay? <laughs> oh my god, oh, that's fair. Okay, I'm gonna hang up on you now because you've been really rude to me. <laughs> okay. Bye, Bye Michaela. Bye. Special shout out to Michaela. Oh. Uh, yeah. I feel for you. Well, that's how my that's, life goes. That's something I would do. Yeah. Overcommit. Yeah. Hundred percent. You're you are at your core people people pleaser. Yeah. You want to make everybody happy. Yeah, I think so. And I don't know why that is. That's probably like a therapist kind of question. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I generally do want to make people happy. And I but I also don't communicate well if I'm in a situation where I have like to make a decision quickly or like figure out something. So yeah. 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 That which is like, do you find show producing is stressful in that way? If I didn't have Amanda the co-produce Red Room, yeah, I think so. Because mm. like I don't like the social media aspect of it and like the um drumming up, like uh getting people out as much. Right. So it's really it kind of gets stressful. Um Yeah, no comic wants to do that. But I don't mind booking the spots and stuff like that. And uh that's relatively easy. Mm, and mm-hmm. I don't mind like because usually I don't I have to go ask people for spots more than people come to me so yeah well this is like a strange thing about about the process of stand-up because I feel like there's no real process like like if someone's new starting like we essentially just have to tell them here are the bookers contact information like yeah. re- reach out but it's like other scenes, cities have things like they have like massive spreadsheets that you can sign up for spots on and stuff. But it, granted, those are bigger scenes. Yeah. So you probably need something like that versus here, that which is like very informal. Yeah. Two of the comics that came here this summer from New York, Rebecca and Max, they had a spreadsheet of all the mics in, in like New York City. Right. And that was mind blowing. Like mm. it was crazy. Honestly, like there are so many mics now in Halifax. Might be worth it to do something like that. But yeah. I would be very stressed about who was running that, how that was being moderated, all of this. Yeah. Things I that think come so. into, into play. Yeah. And there are enough mics to keep in touch. But I think it also is it's enough mics where it's like 
new people start to know you can have a conversation with them yeah and like fill them in in like two sentences maybe yeah like all the, you know i have I mean? a, a note that i copy and paste anyone who asks me yeah right like it's just like i just update it with like show information yeah and i send it to them kind of thing like just copy and paste because i'm like i don't want to type all this out every goddamn time someone asks me how yeah. do i start in comedy yeah exactly right and it's like most of them i don't ever see star comedy no people talk so. about it that well that was me for i talked about it for a lot of years right yeah and then took the plunge. yeah you just took the plunge and all it took was some scooters yeah some scooters and, and liquid, some booze liquid yeah. courage <laughs> um we do have an assumption from mr josh he's oh, here with us this today. would be good um he assumes that you are still friends with your ex-girlfriends parents slash siblings your ex-girlfriend's <laughs> family that yeah true? that's pretty accurate it's uh <laughs> yeah like um, do you talk to her them more than her what's that like like do you talk to like do you still keep in touch with the family of your ex not all um, with some of the uh, her brother-in-law and i were pretty close friends so we still keep in touch and like i had i was over hanging out with them in the summer for a little bit like uh, her sister and brother-in-law and like i was really close with her mom so that's been a difficult thing to like navigate mm -hmm. just to figure out mm -hmm. like uh how to create a new form of relationship or something like that right you know what i mean yeah which yeah, is yeah. hard because like uh yeah we would chat for a lot on the phone stuff like that and then like once i came out of the breakup i tried to figure out ways to like reshape like what i wanted to do right right which is difficult but yeah no i still yeah that's a safe assumption that's, but that's, that's probably correct this yeah. all goes back to you being very nice yeah and a people pleaser yeah and all of that uh yeah and it's something i try to work on is like i try to be more selfish right yes i love when but, i see a really nice person set a boundary oh my god does it make me yeah. feel good i fucking love it yeah and it's a good feeling <clears throat> it's uh it's good to have uh, right? i don't do it much but yeah when it, when i do it's nice <laughs> <laughs> you're like i don't really know what it's like yeah but done it one time yeah. boundaries are tough like, yeah sometimes like they're, they're tough to set they're t it's tough to say no to things it is if you just don't value like what you want like because yeah. usually like i don't have a it's not even value maybe another right word. i just don't have a strong opinion on what i want so it's like indifferent sometimes so then it's easy to put everyone else in front of yourself oh that's you know what i mean fair. you're very laid back yeah yeah There's... like we used to hang out with a couple uh the ex and i and like we, everyone would pick a show to watch and i was like, i don't really care because it's like not about the show it's just about whatever whatever the fuck is on is on and we're just doing this to oh, hang out yeah. so yeah i don't have strong opinions about that kind of stuff right we are very different yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i am like i am like i am not watching marvel movies yeah. i like it's like that's the downside of like like knowing yourself too well i think like you you won't be open-minded to those types of things but, yeah, it could be. But I also think, like, in a good relationship, like, you should be open to the things your partner likes because you like them. You love them. So if it would make them happy for you to go do the thing with them, go do it. Yeah, I agree. You know? I, didn't, you I, know? Didn't, I think that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you have this, like, just sacrifice things or just... It's about being a little bit selfless, maybe sometimes. Yeah, yeah, right? and not doing it of obligation, but because you want to. Yeah, because yeah. you genuinely know how much it means to that person. Yeah, exactly. Kind of thing. Yeah, that's 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 what it is, baby. Yeah. <laughs> so those are the assumptions. Okay. So we did pretty good, eh? Yeah, pretty good. But also, you wrote in your guest application oh, something interesting. I forgot the, what I wrote there. So okay. you wrote um, that you that you well you said people think i'm probably too nice and probably a little fake 
Yeah, I could probably get that. And then you wrote, I'm just very well medicated. <laughs> <laughs> Which I really liked. I was like, that's that's funny. Do people actually think you're fake or do you think people think you're fake? No, I don't know. Like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's just like people don't think people are actually nice or they think nice people are going to be fake, right? So uh, yeah. the medication thing was just a joke. That's but funny. Kinda, yeah, just to th- just to try to make you laugh, I guess. But uh, <laughs> but it's also correct. Right? It's also true. <laughs> yeah. Also true. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I think medication can help with with things like that. Your overall. Yeah. And persona. and then like I just kind of don't. I didn't really. I don't really care about like how people think of me as as much. Like I want everyone to be happy, and I'm a people pleaser. But at the same time, like uh, I just try to be comfortable with who i am and then like not worry about that's that, that other stuff yeah that's good yeah because i think a lot of people get too caught up in what other people think of them I think so. <laughs> myself um <laughs> a lot of people yeah 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 like it, it can be a prison yeah like yeah. what like yeah it's yeah fun. especially like um doing comedy right because like you're putting oh, yeah. yourself out there a little bit with every set and like uh it's really easy to like overthink it yeah yeah. Right. Do you uh, do you um take f- like comedy feedback? Good. Yeah, I generally I like it. I like to get constructive feedback and stuff like that. I don't kind of go with everything people tell me, but I've gotten a lot of help and yeah. a lot of good feedback. Um, like over the last year. That's yeah. good. And it's just simple things like uh, Robbie's given me a whole bunch of good feedback. Um, even like I had a really I think a bad habit of starting every set by saying hi, I'm John. And Robbie's like, man, we just introduced you, right? <laughs> so <laughs> those things you say when you open the set, fuck. Yeah. My, mine's always, how we doing? Yeah. Or like, how you guys doing? <laughs> I, I, I like just, I cannot start a set otherwise. I need to just make sure the audience is doing okay. Yeah, <laughs> I used to do that a lot. And like uh, when he's told me, I was like, oh, that makes sense. but like some comics like it's it's strange because like some comics just like go right into their jokes and i i can't seem to do that i like a little icebreaker or a little thing you say that kind of brings people in yeah yeah i think i think so i don't know i think the the opening joke is important and like i haven't written very many opening jokes i just use the same one a lot yeah and uh I'm trying to get away from that. But yeah, it's just important to get a laugh out really early. Yeah. Make yourself feel better and also um, just get the, the audience laughing. Also, a common thing that pros tell me is to start with something about your appearance. Mm. If you have any jokes about your appearance or I look like this yeah. or um, fucking Brandon Michael once. I mean, he might still be doing it, but he had a joke that was like, I know what you're thinking. And yes. Oh fuck! What was it? It was like something about pink eye. I I do I have had pink eye. Oh really? Or something <laughs> like really really funny. Just like starting with like what you assume people would probably like like the judgments people are probably putting on you right away based on appearance. Oh yeah. Which is essentially like grossing yourself right off the top. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's good though because then they know it's okay to laugh at you. Yeah. Right? You know what I mean? And, yeah, and I think so too. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, okay. I'm excited for this one. I I am a pessimist. I'm a negative person. I am not an optimist. I think I like to bond with people over the things that we hate. <laughs> I think that's stronger than love. <laughs> yeah. I truly do. So I would love to know if you have a rant. Okay. 
Um, what's pissing you off? I love asking one of the nicest people <laughs> in this comedy scene what's pissing him off. This was the closest one I have is um, I really hate like people who love like Elon Musk and like Jeff Bezos and stuff like that. I hate those guys. I feel like they're the closest thing to actual Dr. Evil. So like, yeah. it drives me fucking nuts. And I ran into a guy at work. And he was like, I was like, hey, man, how's it going? He's like, good. My stocks are doing well because Elon just bought Twitter. And I was like, go fuck yourself. Like, first of all, don't call him Elon. Like, you guys are old college buddies. Like, (laughs) fuck off. And your stocks are doing well. Yeah. Yeah. And I just hate it. I just a lot of that stuff really gets me uh, down and and frustrated. Like, it just like. Yeah. Yeah. Just like fucking bullshit. And like the way people just keep flocking to stuff like iPhones and like the new iPhone comes out with like fucking one new camera. And it's like, oh, and the notch is smaller. Who gives a fuck? Right. Sheeps. Yeah. Sheeple. And and it's just like everyone has a thing that they. I guess blindly follow or whatever but yeah i really hate it and i hate like being in an industry where a lot of people like look to that as a goal it's like man you're selling toyotas that take six months to get here like you're not gonna be buying twitter anytime soon (laughs) so like fuck (laughs) off right it just drives me nuts yeah 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 this kind of like mob mentality almost too like with the iphone stuff like yeah it's mob mentality and the other thing i hate too recently is i hate fucking holidays that aren't holidays yeah there's like separate holidays now for like the us peasants that work like the fucking queen died and they're like oh it's a holiday for everyone besides like retail and essential service and shit like i'm pretty sure the serfs that plowed and fucking tilled the fields in like the 1700s got a day off when the king died or something right yeah so that pisses me off too just because it's like more of like just stupid society being separated by like wealth and yep yep and yep, people yep, yep, just yep. blindly following it and be like yeah bezos yeah. is awesome and holiday for everybody awesome. except people who work at mcdonald's yeah right exactly fuck them yeah. in fact i'm like i think there should be specific holidays for those people yeah, well, their job is a lot harder than fucking a lot of other people's jobs, and they have to put up with a whole bunch. Thank you. I I said that once to a friend, and I got a lot of pushback. Really? On on um service workers. Well, well, essentially, like like we were talking about anxiety and how everyone has anxiety, and this one person worked a service job, but like my other friend is like a social worker. And she was like, oh, come on. Like, that's nothing compared to what I do. And I was like, I understand what you're saying, but also that job's harder in a different way. Yeah. It's like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, cause imagine working something like that and then getting paid dog shit. Yeah. And having to deal with like Karens and like people just yelling at you because like you messed up their fries or something. If I won money to give away, if someone was like, here's a bunch of money, but you have to give it away to somebody. I swear to God, I would go to McDonald's because the shit I've seen them put up with is insane. Yeah. Especially the one on Spring Garden. If you've ever gone there after fucking Oasis. Yeah. It's it's a fucking shit show. Yeah. It's crazy. And they get like abused, like verbally abused a whole bunch and like, you know. Yeah, but people don't often look and put themselves in other people's shoes. I had a friend once who said, like, it should should be mandatory. You know, some countries have, like, mandatory drafts from the military. It should be mandatory that everyone has to work, like, a retail service job and or a commission job at some point, right? Like, when you're between 18 and 24. I don't necessarily disagree. Yeah. I I think think it builds character. I think it makes you humble. 
I think it'll make you a better customer. Yeah, and it'll in help the you world, if you've done it already, put yourself in other people's shoes a bit more. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Like no one really wants to have like be yelled at over a fucking not having the right like happy or happy meal toy or something. I really there's a, like just like a certain rage I feel when I hear people complain about fast food. I'm like. You paid six dollars for this. Yes, yeah, right. <laughs> what is so wrong with your life that you are taking out all of your fucking rage on this worker who's getting ten bucks an hour? Yeah, like it's just it's madness. No, Have you exactly. ever worked in the service industry? Yeah, yeah. yeah I worked at uh, like a couple subways and mm. uh, New York Fries. Oh the, yeah. yeah, in the theater and the Halifax Food Court. Mm. I worked there too. Yeah. Did you really? Yeah, when I first moved to the city. Oh shit. Yeah. Good fucking fries. Yeah, great fries. Good yeah. fucking fries. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a great rant though. I I totally agree with you. That's people like that are really frustrating. Yeah, it's just a piss off. Mm-hmm. And like I seem to think I deal with them a little bit more than than other people. And just like uh and or you just notice the things that piss you off more, right? So yes. that was uh yeah, that was a, a kind of a rant. Yeah, love that rant. Love it. <laughs> All right. Next segment. Um John, what's wrong with you? Oh, um, <laughs> <laughs> snuck that one in there. Just yeah, snuck right up fine. on you. Uh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, you don't. A lot of things. No. Uh, yeah, a few things. Uh, I'm like, uh, it's just it goes back to like being a people pleaser, but also like uh, not setting myself up well for things and like not looking after myself like, uh, lack like of i'm tired yeah lack of self-care and it's coming a little bit of a ways but like it's just simple like uh i have sleep apnea but i don't <gasps> use the machine so i just i'm tired all the time that's yeah. so funny i just bought did you really i just bought mouth tape yeah. i know that this is a strange thing to fucking say yeah I, i'm gonna be taping my mouth shut at night nice because Apparently, if if you sleep with your mouth open, it causes like snoring, sleep apnea, yep. all these things. Yep. It causes a fuck ton of health issues. Yeah. If yeah. you are a mouth sleeper. Yeah. Mouth it's breather. Terrible. Um, so I'm going to like force <laughs> force my. But this is a thing people recommend doing. I was like thinking about it, I'm like, this seems unsafe. What if I don't know how to breathe through my nose? But you just do as a human. You just yeah. you just will. Yeah. Um, but uh, taping my mouth shut at night. So nice. That sounds like a kink, actually. I know, right? <laughs> it's the weirdest fucking thing. I feel it's like, oh, this is 35. This yeah. is this is 35, everybody. Treating myself to some mouth tape. Yeah. So that's probably the biggest physical thing wrong with me. The sleep apnea. And I just don't like, I don't know. I don't know why I don't look after it. Is there a reason you don't use the machine? Is it yeah. just a hassle? No. It's uh, yeah, I guess it's a hassle. And it's like, I don't know. I just have like a whatever method when I get yeah. one in terms of like taking care of myself, right? Where it's like I'll try to take care of other people around me a lot more and then shit like that happens. I'm like, bah, sure. It was like on my to-do list for like six months. So right. yeah, I'm going to get that machine ready and I'm going to like get good sleep and not be tired all the time. And I just don't. <laughs> it is not easy to prioritize that. And I will say that I feel bad for men in this area because self-care is far more promoted to us women yeah. than men. Like, I want more men to be having self-care nights. Like, <laughs> like I don't know what that is for men. I don't know what a, a self-care night looks like for you guys. 
But like, I want the men in my life to like take care of themselves because I want you guys around. Yeah. Longer, you know? Yeah, it makes sense. And they say that's terrible for your health and like your heart and stuff like that to not breathe when you sleep, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Who would have thought? Who would have thought breathing was important? Apparently, (laughs) yeah, sleep apnea is crazy. I'm pretty sure I have it too, although I did the sleep test and they they said that I don't have it. Oh. But I'm, I don't believe them. Yeah, I don't know. I did the sleep test and I couldn't get sleep with the stuff all connected to me. So I know. Yeah, they're like, you slept very little for like three <laughs> nights in a row. <laughs> well, what do you expect? Like, there's these things up your nose and like yeah, attached yeah. to you. And yeah. like, I record my sleep at night. So like, do you? I hear wh- what I sound like and I'm yeah. just like, this sounds like apnea. Yeah, exactly. Right. And I, I have an appointment with a there's one sleep therapist. Really? In Halifax. Nice. Um, that like you can go to. Um, and I have an appointment literally next week. Oh, cool. Good for you. So I'm just gonna be like because I also have all these other things. I like have night terrors and yeah. fucking I'm just like not a good sleeper. Uh I have a feeling he's gonna probably recommend taping the mouth shut, which I'm already already, You're already doing on bitch. board with, yeah. Already doing. Yeah. Um, but it's it's the sleep thing is like God damn it. Is it ever important? Yeah. Sleep habits. Like, I never had sleep habits or routine. Like even when I was a kid, my like when we had babysitters growing up, my parents would be like my brother, Charles, would be like Charles would go to sleep whenever he wants. He'll just put himself to bed. And they're like, don't even bother with Jonathan. Like, don't even just let him stay up until he falls asleep wherever. Really? Yeah. So like, I used to actually I grew up like I loved uh, like Jay Leno and Letterman and stuff like that. Oh, so you yeah. would stay up late for those shows? Yeah, always. Oh, yeah. so are yeah. you an idol? Oh, big time. Yeah. But you must start early with your job, do you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. 830s or 930 oh. shifts. Yeah. So I don't like to go to sleep until and at least you're, like one. You're also the, the guy who's driving everyone home after shows. Yeah. Stop yeah, doing like that. that. No, I like doing this. <laughs> I want to rack up as many kilometers on the free cars I get. <laughs> is, is racking up kilometers a good thing? No. Well, it's kind I don't of indifferent. This. Um, it depends. Like it'll devalue your car. Like in my situation, like I get a car provided with work. So I'm a, I like to give people rides home because it's like, it's nice if you're having a hang and you know what you're getting home. You don't have to worry about like catching a bus or, or whatever. Right. Um, but yeah. Um, and then I, they like, if the car sells or if I get a, a too many kilometers on it, they'll just put me in a different one. But mm. generally speaking, especially if you're like leasing or something, you don't want to put too many kilometers on because you'll, oh, okay. you'll get charged like towards the end of the lease. I don't know how these things work. These uh, car things. Yeah, just I'll, avoid them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was just going to say, I'm like, if I ever have questions, I'm going to ask you. Yeah, pl- yeah, for sure. I, I feel like you're knowledgeable. Like you're a knowledgeable car guy, even though you, you never bought a car. Yeah, I've never bought a car and I don't know a whole lot about them. Like, I don't. <laughs> I genuinely just try to, like, treat the sales process like as getting to know a person and then listen to what they're asking for and then try to make recommendations. But yeah, I'm not big into, like, how mechanics work no i don't know i don't know exactly what a fucking piston does but what the fuck is that yeah right something in the engine but yeah it's uh but other people are yeah and i just i get them to answer the questions about technical stuff Mm -hmm. so are you someone who i'm always curious about this with with people who do comedy uh, especially like in your mid-30s like are you someone who wants to be a comedian full-time gung-ho uh, I don't think so. I don't know. I just want to do it. 
I don't really have any like end goals in mind. I don't no? have any. Yeah, no. I think I want to go back to school and become a teacher. So like that's mm. clearly going to be like how I want to make a living. Okay. Um, because it's more responsible than well, trying to chase down mm. being like a professional comic. It's, and, it's a tough road to go down. Yeah, right. And like I don't know if I want like I don't know. I uh I don't know if I want to travel all the time. Like I feel like that would be very exhausting, like having to travel as much as as you would have to, to like be a professional comedian. That's true. But if I was able to like make some side money and like have fun and make some people laugh and like do it in the summers or whenever teachers aren't like around and like yeah. with, with teaching, like you always have your evenings and, and weekends free. So That's it, it lends itself very well that way. And a whole summer off that you can yeah. like really hit it hard if you really yeah. want to. Yeah, exactly. Right. So like, I think it's something that I always want to do, but I don't know if it's something that I'm ever going to try to do as like professional. Professional. Yeah. Cause it's like, yeah, I mean, it's so fucking hard to succeed in that. Yeah, and it's just limited spots, and uh, and it's just difficult, right? And it like, I, I'm happy that I started like in my 30s because I was way more of like a, just a mess in my 20s. So like, just like I, I would have been like a lot more like drunk and stuff like that, or like, uh, or just not taking it seriously and putting right. in effort. There's a nice balance of like putting in effort versus having fun. And just not yeah. just like kind of being there like the party. Mm, right. That's so true. And you said that you started like like out of the breakup that you wanted to do things for you. Yeah. Yeah. That's well, kind of was... a nice thing. Like like to come out of like a heartbreak. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like, and like uh, I guess it was like trying to learn about yourself more because like I had like really good coworkers and like good friends and support. And it was a lot like talking about like redefining yourself or like relearning who you are because like a huge part of your identity becomes like your partner and like all the time you spend with them and stuff like that right so this was a good chance at a good decent time in my life to put an effort into it like like i have been and it's been fun it's been really fun to meet a lot of new people make like new friends and stuff like that right yeah people really can get lost in relationships I find. oh big time yeah it's very sad yeah it can be uh, especially once it ends and you look back and it's like yeah because you where did where did i go where did i yeah go? right yeah yeah, yeah 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 right and then that's uh yeah so yeah uh, it's sad but it's uh it's nice when you figure it out or when you figure out a new thing that you want to do because that's been really fun so it's been a perfect time like that and it's uh, like I'm, i've had a chance to like make a lot of really great friends and like i can't stress enough how like kind of nice everyone's been right mm -hmm. you know what i mean but mm -hmm. uh but yeah, and that's then, and that's such a huge part of com comedy is the community, yeah, or the friend aspect of it. The, yeah, the hangout. Yeah, because like every show is like a hangout. It's so much part of it. Yeah, it's really nice. Yeah, it's been a lot, and it's been like a lot of like really fun like memories, like uh, like after the album recording that uh, the asses of comedy oh, did, right? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. everyone walking through the downtown and going to Beerleys. So that was a really fun night. Oh yeah. Yeah. Fuck, yeah. Yeah. Just little things like that. Little yeah. little memories. Yeah. Yeah. You're coming up on a year. That's crazy. Yeah. It'll be next month in November. Yeah. Oh so, my god. Yeah. It's been. Uh, it's crazy how fast. That it goes. is. That makes me like low key very anxious. Really? The fact. Like I just I don't like how fast time is going by. Yeah. It's it gets faster. Uh, as you get older, my dad <laughs> always told me that. Like even when I was a kid, I was like, "Oh, you're just old." And but like, even no. just like the days, the days yeah. I find are not long enough. 
and more so now than ever, I'm just like, I don't have time to do anything. Um, time have you ever is- listened to Time by Pink Floyd? That song, I no. love that song, and it gives me anxiety every time yeah? I hear it. What, yeah. Like, what, what's it's it about? It's about that. It's about just time like, just slipping away. Slipping away. Yeah. We're and, not here uh, for very long. No, no. Yeah, and uh, it's uh, it's really funny. Oof. And how I love that song, and I also, it gives me anxiety every time I hear it. Yeah. Yeah. But also, it's like you're you do a lot. Do you get exhausted with like all the things sometimes, that you do? Yeah, sometimes like, I took like time off a little bit. I like to be busy. I think, yeah. and I'm a very social person. So, but yeah, I did um, a couple weeks ago. I did like I had myself booked on like a mic almost every night, and Ugh. some of them got canceled. But I was just really tired, and I was tired to the point where like I like wasn't having fun. You know what I mean? Uh, Josh can attest to this because I've been trying to not drink Red Bulls or like energy drinks before every set. And uh, yeah, I just had some sets where I was just like really tired and just if if I don't have a fucking fun amount of energy, like it, it there's a fine line between being a jolly fat guy and a very depressed fat guy. <laughs> <laughs> One's <laughs> and, really fun. Yeah. The other one. No, you don't want <laughs> to see that. Right? Oh, my God. That's funny. I, yeah. are, do you have an addiction to the caffeine? Not overly. I drink like not as much. Like I'm not a person who has to have a tea or a coffee like in the morning or I get a headache or anything like that. But I do like having it as like a crutch if I'm like tired or uh, yeah, just like, yeah, feeling shitty. I'm um, also very prone to the Red Bull before a set. Yeah. And I used to never drink them and like kind of stop drinking them. And then I was having them before like every set. Now I'm trying to play around with scaling it back again. Do you get the caffeine any like... Well, you're not you're not reliant on it as much. I was gonna say people who like need it in the morning. Um, it's apparently recommended that you wait at least ninety minutes before you take in caffeine. Um, something about what's in caffeine is is like it, it'll help you avoid the crash if you the caffeine crash, which is fucking terrible. Um, if you drink it later in the day versus instantly. Really, that's interesting. Yeah, yep. yeah. I'm not a person that has to have it instantly, or I'm not a person that has to go through like a a drive through every morning to get a coffee, like a tea or coffee. I will if I'm like most of the time I'm going to work, I'm tired anyways because I was out at a show. But uh, but yeah, energy is like. I think everyone needs to fucking cherish their energy. It's a yeah, you got to kind of figure out a way to bottle it sometimes and uh, protect it. Yeah. Like, and that's the biggest thing that I'm trying to work on. Like so like the biggest thing I've tried to learn about doing comedy was just that like the energy aspect of it yeah. like and like having just having a stage presence and an energy mm-hmm. and but you do all the time you yeah you haven't seen me but <laughs> you I, haven't I seen me recently no i'm just joking i don't, th- I don't think Sometimes. i've ever seen you do bad really oh uh, yeah I don't i've think, done bad i don't think <laughs> <laughs> tell me when yeah. no. <laughs> but like have you had an epic bomb like where you literally felt like jumping off a bridge no. One of those bombs yet? <laughs> oh, it's coming. Yeah. I, <laughs> I try to just shake it off. I've had bombs and then, but I just don't let it get to me because it's like, you're not going to have a great set every single time. And even if you bomb, you still did it and you had a set, but uh, that's good. But yeah, no, it's, uh, it's sometimes it's nice if like you bomb and then the rest of the night bombs too. That's always right? nice. That's reassuring. But, uh, but yeah. Beerlies. I bombed. Gusses. Yeah, I bombed uh, <laughs> early on. The first bomb I ever had uh, was at Beerlies. I bought my my now roommate, Derek. I invited him out to the show 
and uh we were just sitting talking the whole time and then i had to like Catherine just called me up on stage and it was a bomb and it was a bomb because i started talking really really fast too which was a bad thing i used to do when i started so like you just start powering right through your jokes and like talking over it and stuff like that but yeah the beerleys uh a few weeks ago or a month ago or something like that. early september sometime yeah yeah okay was it a bad show for everybody mostly yeah i think almost everybody had a bad show I'm gonna be honest with you. Every time I've done BLAs, that's how it's been. Yeah. But I, I, but I also know that that's not how it always is. I've just gotten weird on weird shows um, where, like, it just no one did it spectacular. Mm-hmm. Like, no one, no one blew blew the crowd away, yeah. so to speak. It's a tough room to do because, like, everyone is. I mean, it's a bar first off, so people are there to drink. People are also there to play pool. Um, it's also like the audience is scattered everywhere. So it's kind of tricky to hone in on them. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a tougher room to do. It's also, you don't realize how big it is, but it's fun um, in like, in a different way. Cause like when you, it's more honest. Yeah. I think like, you know what I mean? Like when you get laughs out of people, especially if they weren't there to pay attention or they're there for con- like karaoke afterwards anyways, right? it's a lot of fun. Yeah. That's fair. that way. But that's, uh, a, that's the room I do the least. I need to is do, it? do barely's more. Yeah. It's a, it's a room that I like doing a lot. It's a fun hang. But you know what's funny about it is like you don't realize how big the room is until like you're on stage. Like it feels like smaller it when does. you're sitting in the audience. And you're like, oh shit, all eyes are on me. Yeah. Also, it's really awkward when like pool balls hitting together like interrupt your jokes yeah. and stuff like that. That's a really funny yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 That's. I'm really glad to hear that you haven't had like a soul crushing moment. Cause, yeah. Because it can be tough to recover from those. I've definitely had bombs, but I don't think I just don't let it crush my soul mm. because like it's part of it. Like you're all you're going to have bombs, I think. That's what I'm, I'm, I'm only done it for a year. I don't like saying like definitive kind of statements on stuff like that about comedy. But um, but yeah, I like to realize that if it does, if the set does suck, then it's probably a lot more on me than something. That's, you know I mean? I think and most of the time it goes back to the energy. That, that's so much of what the learning is. Like why did um, Ryan's, well, more recently, probably what triggered me not doing stand-up for a long time um, was the cringe show that Ryan did. Oh, yeah. I totally fucked up. Like, like, like so bad. Really? Like, like to a point where I'm just like, I don't ever want to be seen mm. on, on a stage again. Like after what I, like, it, it was fine. I, I just, I, what happened was, is I, I brought up too much stuff to read. Gotcha. Yeah. And, I have been almost my entire time doing stand up always with a timer. I'm always far too concerned with my time, mm-hmm. like hyper concerned, and it takes me away from being loose. Gotcha. So lately I've been trying to be looser. Yeah. So I went up with this all this all these fucking journal entries, reading them away and like some did great, others came off far too sad and not as funny as I wanted them to. Yeah. Um I was just reading away reading away and like thrown in little comments here and there because i am a comic too yeah yeah so like commenting on my my stuff and then i realized i was reading for 25 minutes really and he did not wave his hands at me he did not light me not to put this not to put this on ryan at all not to put this on ryan at all but i had 10 minutes and i did 25 oh that's and i went home and fucking bawled my eyes out because i was just like I I'm mad at myself that yeah. number one I didn't time this shit. Yeah. 
this is like a different kind of show. Like it's reading. It's not like you're doing jokes. Like you're reading things. Yeah. And like it's on me that I didn't do that extra effort to like figure out how much time this was. And like I just felt like the biggest fucking disappointment. I'm just like I totally understand if you never want to book me again. Like I, <laughs> I, 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 I like truly I wouldn't. I would not book me again if 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 someone went over that much. I don't know. Like that was like yeah I haven't really done gotten up since then because it was just so uh, soul crushing soul crushing yeah is the right word but you're choice. doing a different thing than just comedy there too right yeah but so it's harder to have your timing all figured out what's crazy though is you know how people are always just like don't uh don't think about the things that you're worried about because that's normally not the case most times my <laughs> insecurities come true really so like the timing thing like me i didn't look at my timer i went over by 25 minutes yeah. so you know what i'm never gonna do again not, not looking at my timer. timer. Well, Ever. you learned Ever. then, right? Ever. It's always going to be there. I'm always yeah. going to have my timer there. I'm always going to be looking at it. I'm probably going to attempt to go short every time now. Ever, ever since that show. Yeah. I. That's one area I want to get better at is like knowing my timing a little bit better. I suck and at stuff it. Like that. I suck yeah, at I'm it. not that great at it either. suck at it. I can't stand it. It makes me so mad that I can't just be chill up there and just be like, where's the light? But I'm also overly paranoid about not seeing the light. Because that's happened to me before, yeah, too, where people sucks. have met me and mm-hmm. I haven't seen it. Yeah. So Gus's is good for that, though, because you know where Martin's standing. Yeah, Martin's always in the same spot. Like Oasis is a bit trickier. I guess Dave is always in the same spot, too. Um, But, yeah, no, that's just, oh, my God, I have a visceral reaction when I think about that. When uh, <sighs> So when I started doing stand-up, I talked to my brother and he, he explained to me the light. And then uh, the fir- one of the first sets I did... Uh, Megan gave me the light, but I didn't know that it like meant you had a minute left, and like the, there's like a floating kind of thing. So as soon as I saw the light, I just well, I was mid joke, and I was like, "That's it for me, guys!" And I just immediately just ran off stage. <laughs> yeah, I bolted. That's so cute. <laughs> well, that was the thing with um, the Cringe Show when I did look at my timer and I saw 25 minutes. I just went, "Oh shit, I'm done." See you. Like, yeah. <laughs> like I, I was literally just like so thrown oh, off. It's such a terrible feeling. It's the worst. Feeling I did in the it world. once at uh, Robbie gave me a guest spot at uh, Dark Side, and I saw the light, but I was in a mid. Like I do a KFC joke. Yeah, and I was like, I wasn't comfortable enough to like end that joke right. without going all the way so i ran the light like by a bit and i felt like shit and he was like that's a a big deal if you do it at like you know some places where you're getting like your first spot he's like if you did that in like ottawa or some montreal. city yeah right so there's there's a yeah. club in montreal the comedy nest that they and probably other clubs do this too they keep they have they literally keep track on a board with how much time you go over. Yeah, exactly, right? To, like, fucking shame you if you go yeah. over time. Yeah. But it's also, like, man, that's an art. Like, getting it right at that, like, seven oh, minutes or right at that ten minutes. Yeah, that's, like, I'm nowhere near. I'm nowhere near there yet uh, for, like, having, like, a, a very good, like, exactly five minutes with, like, no waste of time and stuff like that. And uh, It's satisfying when it happens. Yeah, You'll no, be like, for oh, sure. fuck yeah. It's, uh, it, it's, it's a lot of fun. And, uh yeah, but uh, do you but record yeah, all your sets? Yeah, I record them all audio. I haven't done video yet, but uh, I don't. It, I don't know. I get cringy when I listen to myself, which is funny because I record all the sets, but I don't do. I don't use them enough for editing and stuff like that. Yeah, but, uh, but that's the next stage. That's a hard thing to do. I know that they say that you need to listen to your sets to learn. Yeah, but it is actually fun fact. Someone who doesn't never listens to her sets, Nikki Glaser. Really? She's she's come out saying very honest about it. She's like, no I don't way. I don't listen. 
Interesting. She's like, I'll always remember when I, and I'm kind of the same way, honestly. I'll remember when I know something fucked up and I just mentally make a note of it to change it. And I just go, I don't need to hear that back. Yeah. <laughs> pros <laughs> listening to this, I know that's not great. And I know I should listen. And every pro will tell you that, that you should listen back. I, when I, <laughs> when I first started out, I would listen back and I made a little chart yeah. on my notebook. I would write like, like the title of the bit. And then I would have a little chart here that would say, no laugh, laugh, big laugh. Like, yeah. <laughs> and I would just check off where it was. That's yeah. how it, and then that, it, that didn't last long. I didn't keep that up too long. Yeah, I think there's a way to be like very analytical about it. And like, I heard people talk about like uh, breaking down like laughs per minute and all this kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. And I don't, I don't dig that deep into it, but mm. I think I could do a lot better if i would listen to my sets and then edit it and stuff like that but i'm it's fun to pick up little lines and little tags and stuff like that on the fly too so that's really fun. the writing on stage idea yeah yeah which i didn't think i would like that much but like having the chance to host at red room and like do some sets there because the more you're on the stage like that like you get really really comfortable yeah. And then you come up with some pretty good lines like kind of on the fly and, and kind of play around with stuff a little and bit. And hosting is a skill I think more comics need to learn to do. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think hosting is different than just doing a set, right? And 100%. I think it's uh, – I like it. I like it a lot. It's kind of fun. Um, and you just want to keep the mo- like the, sh- the momentum going. Momentum. That's just it. Yeah. It's like being like um, – I find hosting is kind of like being like a point guard in basketball, like a guy who gets a lot of assists in hockey. Yeah. Because you're trying to set everyone up to have a decent set. That's and, what it is. It's yeah. not really about you. No, it's exactly. Re- and that's – I think what a lot of comics do wrong with hosting. They make it about them. Yeah, I think so. And it's not like you are there. You got to win them over at the start. That's yeah. that is probably when it is about you. Maybe right at the start, you got to make you got to be likable, not necessarily like the funniest on the show, no, but likable. Yeah. Um, and then you have to keep them with you the whole time, and uh, and really know about the energy. Like, not everyone is good at picking up on the energy in the room. Yeah, so, you know, so you have to have really good ears for it. Yeah, I think so. And you got to like kind of pick and choose when you want to do more uh material and jokes and stuff like that but you got to be aware of stuff like the coolest thing i saw was during the album recording of the carlton um Mm. travis got up in between um one of the sets and like all of a sudden it was just like a natural sometimes it's just a natural exodus of like 10 people that all go to get a drink or get like the bathroom at one time and then he just did material and yeah. I, I learned really that was a really good learning experience for me because I just started hosting for like a month or so, maybe. Right. And I was like, oh, that's a smart hosting tip right there. Just, yeah. just realize because you don't want to like bring up like if we were doing a show, I don't want to bring you up and like all to of a sudden room. 12 people just cleared out of the room. Right. And trust like self-aware about it, too. He's probably saying like, well, now's the time that you can listen to me or yeah, like, right? like, you know what I mean? Like you can kind of like bring people into that authenticity kind yeah, of yeah i think he mentioned it like he was i was gonna bring this next comic up but everyone just left so or everyone's gone to the bathroom so i'll do some more jokes or something yeah and uh yeah so i love really- that he's honest with that because my soul dies every time a host does material after i go up oh I, really I, oh yeah a little bit because you're like i did bad <laughs> That's yeah right, it's, and it's, it's fine it just makes me it just makes me go oh shit like you know what i mean like, like sometimes you want to be you want to be that comic that did so well that the host is like let's keep the energy going yeah sometimes it's fun if there's like a riff like if something yes. you were joking of and then that's always fun it. yeah so that's fun to to do that 
I think, like, yeah, some people's material is easier to riff off of than others. Yeah, I I think so. But, like, uh, Josh, how did you find hosting Red Room? I'm curious. Was Um, this your first hosting? This was my first hosting, and I really liked it. It was a lot of fun, and I, I was kind of studying it a little bit before doing it to learn basically what you guys were just talking about. Um, where, yeah, I tried to keep the show going as much as possible. I think there was only one time. So I did 10 off the top. And then I think there was only one time in between sets that I just did a quick maybe two minutes. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And then After my set because I bombed. But yeah. <laughs> no. No, I don't th- no, it wasn't. No. <laughs> it was, so. I, I, don't, I don't know who it was after, but it, was, uh, it wasn't because they bombed. It was, be- it was because of a riff. On yeah. something that they said. Oh, yes. Uh, yes that yes. made me think of something uh, funny that I just kind of riffed on. And the crowd seemed to really like it. And it got a big laugh before bringing up the next comic. So that they were able to come up to a to a big laugh already. So it, it worked out well. Yeah, it's nice when you set the stage like well for comics and you get the momentum going. But like, there's been nights at Red Room where like, I don't think I particularly like my material wasn't that great or like. Um, I wasn't the greatest host, but the show, everyone got laughs and the show went really, really well. But and that that, means, that's a win. Right? That also means you did something right. Yeah. You yeah. might you you might not have like loved your performance as a host, but if if the show went well, exactly. You yeah. were a big component of it, probably. Yeah, yeah for it's sure. Fucking hard. Like, like in terms of like if you look at like a standard like uh club show, you know, headliner feature host, a host is one of the harder. I, I think, think headliner so. and host is the hardest. Are the hardest spots. Yeah, I think so. Honestly? Um, I always joke, or I always compare it to, like, when you're cooking a meal versus showing up to someone's house for dinner. So, like, when you do a set, you just have to, like, kind of show up on time and eat. Yeah. But when you're cooking, you're doing, like, you're juggling a whole bunch of things. Preparing everything. Preparing everything. Like, making sure everything's going smoothly. Everything's going to come together at the same time and stuff like that. So, like, you're always constantly juggling something. Like, timing everyone and lighting them and, and stuff like that, right? Mm. Yeah. It's it's challenging. But. Yeah, I will say one thing that I fucked up. Ooh, what did you fuck up on? Uh, whose name did I forget? I forgot somebody's name. <gasps> oh, Special K. Oh, Special oh, K. Oh, no! So <laughs> the reason that I forgot his name was because right before right before he went up, uh, he said, make sure you bring me up as Kevin Special K <laughs> McDougal. And then I go up, and all I have in my mind is Special K. And, I'm thinking, what, and then I got stuck in this kind of loop in my brain of what did he tell me to say? <laughs> And yeah. so I kind of blanked on his name and uh, that was, it was an, a low point of the hosting night for me for sure. Oh, yeah. Man. It was funny from the perspective of like watching, like it was almost like I could watch your mind go blank. <laughs> right. So and like funny. you're, you're so stranded up there cause you ha- you're just all by yourself and like your next comic. So I bring, <laughs> when I host, I bring cue cards. Oh, do you? I nice. don't remember what I did when I hosted Red Room, but I definitely had notes up there that was like, do this and then bring this person. <laughs> oh, gotcha. But, but I'm. Oh, You're really well organized, though, because like the I Serena Haynes show, mm. uh, that was. Oh, like, yeah, you were there for that. Yeah. And you had it very well structured and everything. And it was uh, you and Ryan William. I've, I've done shows that you guys have both produced now. And uh, it's very organized. Yeah. Right? I pride myself on that because yeah. I think. I think being a producer, like everyone has a different role. All the com- comics, like you need to be funny. You need to ent- entertain the crowd. Like, but a producer needs to be essentially seeing it from the audience's perspective and making sure everything lines up perfectly, perfectly to do a really good show. Yeah. And like, I am, 
like, so I, I just posted a clip from the first podcast live show that I did, which yep. was February 2020, which was an insane show. Like, I'm talking, like, almost like just the tip, but on steroids. Because yep. yep. I had people doing stand-up. Yep. And I had three segments. I had live debates, oh, which wow. was comic versus comic. Yeah. Three rounds of that. Um, and then the second segment was a Mary Fuck Kill, where we got a bunch of people on stage and just did some Mary Fuck Kills. Yeah. Uh, and then the third one was live Tinder, which is like that frame on my wall over there. Okay. Um, we, it was like, I was organizing so many comics and I don't know how I survived that show. Do you? <laughs> Do you like on my pro- own producing more? I think so. Yeah. Oh, well, that's th- yeah. I kind of just answered that, didn't I? Yeah. But um, I snuck that in there. I do really like producing. It is very high stress. Yeah. But it is also extremely rewarding if you do it right. Yeah, I, th- I think so. You know, and like you but you do really have to take yourself out of it and think of the show as a whole. Yeah. Which I think some producers don't do. And it becomes a little more about ego. Yeah. And and uh and doing things to get your way kind of thing. So I think to be a good producer, you have to like think of the show overall. I think you have to have a vision, I think, too, vision. Probably, right? Which would be very helpful. That was the thing, yeah. With this first live show, I had like s- such a like this thing was huge. Like yeah. I'm talking like I invested so much money in this show. Yeah. I rented a popcorn machine for fuck's <laughs> sakes. For people to eat popcorn. <laughs> I, I did popcorn. Like it was, I think it ended up being over. The whole thing's on YouTube. You can watch really? it on YouTube. Yeah, oh, the whole cool. thing is on the, on there. It was a longer show, but like everyone said that they had a great time. Um, and it's like, you know, that, that just that whole thing of like, we got to keep it tight. We got to keep Same with Serena and I. We yeah. got to keep it tight. We still went long. Yeah. And I'm just like, well, as long as people had fun. I think yeah, it was. I think the, it was a success. The crowd at that show like kept wanting more. Like, yeah. they, like there's a difference in if you go... Uh, I guess long or and you don't keep things tight and no one's laughing or no one's giving you anything. Yeah. But it's a difference if like you kind of left them wanting more at that show. Yeah. Right? Yeah, they did. They did want yeah. more. I like shows like that. I think that they're so fun. Like kind of the more interactive. Um, you sprinkle in the stand up, but like it's not the main thing. I love shows like that. Anytime a show like that happens, fucking get me on board. I love, love shit like that. But I would actually, I want to talk about the roast battles. Oh, sure. Because you did the roast battles. You were the first champion. Second champion. Second champion. Yeah. Oh, right. Because Kyle won the first one. Yep. And then you went up against Kyle. Yes. How did you find the whole thing? The whole experience? Mentally, were you okay with it? Yeah. Yeah. Mentally, I was fine with it. Um, You just it's a weird thing. The very first one, I didn't invite any friends out because I was like, I don't want to invite people out and see me get made fun of by like people who are good writers and stuff like that. Um, But Robbie mentioned it to me like one of the first Red Rooms I ever did, one of the first times I ever mentioned Robbie. And uh, and I was like, that sounds really fun because I love pro wrestling. So it's such a pro (laughs) wrestling stick to it. Yeah. The, like right. the like the shit talking yeah the shit talking the belt and all that kind of stuff right yep. so uh oh, so yeah. yeah and it was a great opportunity that came of it and i was like yeah i'll do it for sure and uh one of the only times i was nervous because like i was very new when i did the first one you with, were like, uh, in march when i i went up against like jim and uh right. megan and otter and so that like some of the sweetest people um <laughs> but I, yeah i felt a little bit of pressure because it was like it was pressure in the sense of like, who is this new guy? And like, it'd be yeah. a good learning curve. So I really wanted to make sure I, uh, 
I, I brought some good jokes, but I found it hard. Like it's a hard writing exercise for me because like I don't naturally get to there. So like I have right. to like write a lame joke and like so many really shitty lame jokes. Clunkers. Before. Yeah, just clunkers and shit like that, right? Um, but yeah, well, guess the engine's going. Yeah, and it, you got to be in like a mindset of writing that way. Uh, that's what Brad does. Brad writes like hundreds and hundreds of them, and right. uh, they're really really good. And uh, they're interchangeable too. What one thing that like I learned from the last roast battle, even like just from like paying attention to it from not like a perspective of being on stage, a lot of them you can interchange. Like if it's just like a that's right. If they're a, gener- a, more generic, if it's more of a generic joke, right? You can sub in and out some things, and you know, they'll all be based on like a- absolute truth and stuff like that. But uh, there's no show like it. That's There's another thing. No it's a show lot like, like what it. you're just talking about. We're like stand-up's not the focal point, but it's also like just a really fun kind of show. The format, the format itself is comedic. Like, yeah. It's, uh, and I, I gotta admit, like when when it started, I was nervous because I was like, you know, the audience doesn't know these people. Like, is this gonna work? Is the audience gonna like get the jokes? But like, if you if you write a good roast joke. Um, and you set the audience up to know exactly what you're talking about. It, it will be great. It will it'll, it'll be good. Um, I still would love to do a comics only roast where it's just comedians. Oh, I just, really? I think that would get fucking brutal. Oh, I could get rough. Yeah, <laughs> there'd be a lot more inside jokes and stuff. But right? That's the thing. That would be a bloodbath. Yeah, but it wouldn't yeah. be as 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 like uh, like you wouldn't have to hold back as much. And that. it's different. Like I I remember watching like celebrity roast battles and stuff, and I'm like oh, yeah. the, none of these work because like those type of roasts, you, everyone knows a lot about the person. Where it's like it's not just like a local kind of like yeah. comedian, right? Yeah, yep, 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 yep. Yeah. So it, yeah, there's an art to it. There is, and it's a it's a formula kind of thing, and you. Uh, you did so great, though. I, yeah, I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun doing it. Um, it's a lot of work, like especially when you go back into like the start of the tournament. Like, well, like because you've done two of them too, Josh. Yeah. Right. So, uh, like writing jokes for like potentially six or seven people because you don't know who you're going to face and stuff like that. That's fucking insane. Yeah. So it's a lot, and uh, yeah. And then I you're don't. still doing your comedy, like. Yeah, you're still doing like open mic comedy and like trying to do some of that stuff too. So yeah, it's it's a big commitment. But sometimes like you can tell who people who put a lot of effort in, like people who maybe had a hard time writing, or maybe people who only wrote the night before. Yeah, or <laughs> or people who didn't expect to get like as farther far. as yeah. far, and then they're writing like kind of off the cuff or trying to scramble. That's the thing you you almost have to assume that you'll get far. Yeah, and like yeah. be prepared to get yeah. to that end kind of thing. Yeah, it's it's one of those things like. I would fucking love to do it, but I don't know if I could take it. It's different. I'm, I'm mean by nature. So I feel like then you, you don't do want to be great at it. I think. I, no, I, that's the thing. I was like, I love writing them. I'm like, if any roasters ever want to run jokes by me or need help, fucking count me in. Yeah. Um. But the thing is, if I were to do a roast battle, I don't think it would be fair to myself because of this podcast. You would The amount have, of material people yeah. could get on me from all of these episodes. Yeah. It would be like almost not fair. The flip side, though, is that I know I think we get a lot of material from this podcast about yes. people that have been on it. Oh, yeah. That was the people that I don't know personally. I went back and watched their episode of Intoxicated. Yay! Oh, I'm so out. glad yeah. you did that. I wondered if people did that. <laughs> yeah, that was, that's what they helped me, too. Because especially yeah. in this newer season, because I do the what's wrong with you yeah. and, and like. 
stuff like that. And it's like, you can get nuggets of gold because you re- like, I mean, uh, you know, half hour conversation, you might not get to know someone that much, but like a longer form format, yeah. you're going to, you're going to hear their insecurities and oh, like absolutely. the nooks and crannies of their personality. Yeah, absolutely. And it was a huge help for when I was doing the writing too, for, uh, for Kyle, for Martin, I watched the titty sauce or listened to the titty sauce episode and the Vince, every time Vince was talking, I was like, Vince, shut up. I need to get some dirt on Martin. I need to get Martin on by himself. Yeah. Maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll get Martin on by himself. I've always brought Martin on with someone. Have you? Um, he's been on with Travis, with Vince. Yeah, he's been on three times. Yeah. Three times. And then he was on um, in the early, early days of the podcast. I did live streams, like marathons. Oh, really? Like 12 hours and 15 hours. No way. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. And how, so how would you just have multiple guests lined up? So the first one I did, yeah, two I did like where people would physically come over. Yeah. And then one was during COVID. One was like a, like a Zoom live stream situation. Okay. Um, but yeah, I would have like time slots for people. So it'd be like Travis comes from one to two. Wow. I had like dry queens come over in the nighttime. So yep. I had dry queens up here with me and I had Scott McLean and Travis on the coach. And uh-huh. the fucking, let me tell you, if there's a show that I want to do, I want to do a show with dry queens and comedians because dry queens are comedians. Yeah. And when they start riffing on each other, it is magic. Yeah. Because that was one of my favorite podcast moments of all time. Actually, it was when Rouge and Devastation were here with me and they're like poking fun at Scott over on the on the futon and and like, oh, like talking about how he wants stuff in his butt. And oh, we should be worried about this one. I'm like, it's just it was just magic. Like it was it, it's crazy. Yeah, that's really fun. I I think that that's a good like it's a natural combination you yes. know what i mean but you have to have the right venue like I, when i first yeah. started helping it at red room i was like oh we should do a drag show there and it's like no not it's enough. not big enough at all right and that's why i love my like my first live show was at the at at uh yuck yucks or snigglies or basement whatever yeah. it is yeah <laughs> it used to be snigglies it went from being the seahorse to snigglies to the basement of the shoe to also yuck yucks there was another one in there, I think, at one point. But that, that place has changed names so many times. Yeah. But that stage is great for it because it's a big stage. Yeah. You have the green room. Yeah. The green room's key, I think. Which is so key. Yeah. Um, this is the thing about Dark Side. Like, I love Dark Side, but it does suck having the green room so far away from the actual like performing space. Yeah. But you can work you can work around that. You can work around that. As yeah. long as you have space. Exactly. Space is the most important part. Aspect of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a fucking beast. Drag shows are like oh, it's a whole next other level production. Yeah. whole other thing, and like there's so many elements that like uh, you need to know about. Yeah. You need to really know drag to to do it right. Um, so that's why I think a lot of drag queens they just self produce their shows, and I'm like, nah, that's fair. You do it. You know, you know the world better than I do. Well, I think yeah, I think they probably want to have a certain level of control. You yeah, know their I mean? time and. Uh, and not have things go like wrong or, or last minute. I feel like that type of uh, show, a lot of things would happen last minute to screw things up or like oh, yeah. cause way more of a headache. See, am I the only one who kind of loves when things go wrong? <laughs> In what way? Like I love when things go wrong, like, I don't know, bigger things. Like I, I was, I don't know. Yeah. Like problem solving. I low key love problem solving. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that might have happened at Red Room once when like the light wasn't working or something, and we had yep. to like scramble to figure out like what to do with the light. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. It it makes me it gives me like adrenaline, like when you have to like improvise, think on the spot, 
Yeah. Maybe that's an ADHD thing. Just like having to do that. But uh, I enjoy it. I like it. I just also get frustrated because like nine times, nine times out of 10, when things like that happen for me, it's just a lack of preparation. So it's like, it's hard to get past the initial feeling of like, oh, I fucked this up. But remember, you can't buy a lesson. Yeah, true. So if you fuck up, you learn the next show, you won't do that again. Yeah, it's true. Absolutely. And you you can't buy that experience. So as long as you learn from it. Um, do would you consider yourself like a like a really detail oriented producer? Like, are you someone who's like insane about details and and stuff like that? No, I'm. I'm I would not describe myself as very detail oriented. No? In, gen- in general, <laughs> not, not just when it comes to like producing or or any aspect. Yeah, I I like having like a little bit of control and understanding what's going on and stuff like that. But I'm not. I'm not like. Uh, very analytical or like super detail oriented or or even like process driven and stuff like that too wow like i don't have like a a set way of doing like a lot of things or like a plan like yeah like i i knew people and like talked to like friends who are like engineers and like they have like best practices and all that kind of stuff i was like no that's far from me oh wow that's interesting yeah but you know what it's like sometimes that's better sometimes that's like keep it simple stupid is a great way to go about shows sometimes yeah i mean uh yeah it's uh i think like the one show that i i do with uh amanda and and jane at erica it's such a good team because like we all have good aspects like amanda's really good on social media and like i'm not a big fan of social media so i i try try to do enough to get by and uh and then jane's awesome at uh she's such a great host she has so much great uh feedback and she's just always like so nice and like she's uh, a sweetheart yeah we're so lucky to have that kind of space and it's fun to let other people like i was happy that you got a chance to host that josh got a chance to host it's fun to let other people like kind of stretch their legs or like do something that they may not get a chance to do Mm -hmm. other other places in the city so you hear that you hear that people who maybe host regular shows uh, (laughs) i i think it's so important i think it's so important to like give people that hosting experience um, so fucking host Red Room if you reach out to John. Yeah. Host a Red Room show. It's it's a great experience to do. Um, I think so. And it's a fun room. It's not like uh as long as we have people in, right? Even if you have like ten people, it feels like uh it's warm and cozy. Yeah, it's warm and cozy. It's oh. not like just a bar and stuff like that. I not lo- that there's anything wrong with the bar shows, but it's just it's different. It's just a different atmosphere. It feels like you're just like at a party with people. That room. Like it yeah. feels it feels like like you can just kind of you can connect e- easier. I find. I yeah, I think so. Because um, like you can see them, they're nice and close. Yeah. Special K said that after he did a set on Friday, and he was like, "Oh, it's uh, it's nice to be able to interact with the audience more and like see their faces like really, really clearly and stuff like that." Right. So yeah, no, it's a it's a great time, and like uh, we generally have a lot more really, really good shows there than bad. So it's a lot. Yeah. Of fun. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. And and uh, Red Room and Foggy Goggle. Both great rooms, both great on booking, fairly equal gender ratios. So give it up for them for doing yeah. that. <laughs> I I gotta like I gotta I just gotta shout that out because um it's something that I see constantly. Uh and uh certain rooms do a better job than others. So Yeah. Um praise and appreciation for that. Yeah, that's it's uh, something that Amanda talked to me about, like when she was starting the room back up and it's uh it's fun and it's uh it's it's a pretty good way to do it there are there are some weeks where like 
It can be tricky, uh, just, yeah. Yeah, well, just people's schedules don't always line up, right? Yeah. And we have, like, a way more male-oriented yeah. uh, like uh, lineup and stuff like that. But You know what I always say, though? It's the try. The try yeah. is, at the end of the day, what matters versus whether or not it happens. Yeah. The try is, like, what is so important about it. So. Yeah. Okay. Oh. We have one last segment, John. Yeah, we do. What happened to the try guy? I'm so oblivious. Oh. Some, he got canceled or he's done. He cheated on his wife or girlfriend. I don't know if they were married or not. Okay. So that's, so that's <laughs> Where did it? that come from? You said try. It's like the try. You were oh, saying try a whole bunch. So I was like, oh, yeah. And I remember like. I actually look. I don't even know who these guys are. Uh, I know those guys. I used to. Lynn, my ex, Lynn's used to watch their videos. But like, I feel so freaking old because I'm so not on social media. So then something happens for someone. Else. So I just had to Google like what happened to the try guy. And See, then, I usually always know. So if anything. That's like, why I asked you. Any, you're way more ahead of the curve oh, yeah. on that, right? Like ask me anytime. I all I know is that he so he was in this like group of guys YouTubers they also have a podcast um and then he the he essentially like cheated on his wife or girlfriend with like us like co-worker that would have been like underneath him like okay. not physically well maybe well maybe <laughs> <laughs> but like it was someone who worked with them on a professional level okay so it was like extra shitty yeah um, and then I guess what happened was, was like fans saw them and took pictures and like leaked the pictures. Ah, uh, okay. Um, and then they kicked that guy out of the Try Guys. Gotcha. And then for some reason, I listened to the podcast of them explaining this whole thing, even though I don't fucking know who they are. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> That's how it gets some listeners and stuff of like that. No one pays attention. So, oh, this guy's canceled. Yeah. Let's pay attention to why or, or kicked off. Okay. Or so now I need to can't can get someone canceled on here. <laughs> that's, that's how I, I'm going to get new listeners. Yeah, that'll be the new listeners. Absolutely. <laughs> the invite is open. Everybody be, be controversial and come on the show. Um, speaking of controversial though, we have one last segment, yeah. which is the one that people, people are most likely to get canceled on, which is unpopular opinion. Do you have one? Don't hate me for this, but it's time for unpopular opinion. Or are you going to say the standard pineapple on pizza unpopular opinion, which is what people go to all the time? I don't look like a guy that cares what's on pizza very much. <laughs> you'll you'll take yeah. it as is. Yeah, I'm not really. I don't have a whole lot of fucking hot top or hot takes on food. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. Generally speaking, it's good. Pick off the pineapple. That's funny. Save us all. Your fucking rants. Um, no, I just... I don't know. My unpopular opinion is like I want to live to see the day where like capitalism or like just money just falls apart. Like every time like the stock market crash, like going into COVID, like I get excited for that. Like, oh, yeah. you so do? Yeah. Uh, the more, the better. Oh. Right. Yeah. So like whatever happened in the Great Depression, just 10 times more because I just hate it. <laughs> I just. Yeah. Oh, wow. So that's my unpopular opinion. I, I'd wish for it all just to come crumbling down. Have you ever watched Mr. Robot? You should, no, you should watch. No, incredible I, show. Oh yeah. yes, thank One you, Josh. One of the best of the last. Yep. Decade and a half, easy. And only three seasons. They ended okay. on their ended on their own terms. Really? So oh, that's cool. Very that's digestible. Respect. Yeah. Um, if you're into all of that, what you yeah. just said, yeah, I think you'd appreciate. Good what robot. was the show I watched? 
Oh, uh, Evil Money, some of that. Killer Mike, and then they did the theme song for Run the Jewels, did the theme song. But one of them was like, like HSBC, like fronting all the drug cartels' money. Oh, yeah. Okay. Like, yeah. So I watched that show and it made me so mad. It ruined my whole Sunday. <laughs> I was so pissed. I just, I hate that stuff so much. I've, yeah. I've started becoming more pissed about it, I think, as I get older. I'm like, I'm starting to hate men less and hate the rich more. Yeah, exactly. That's what. <laughs> Please continue that. Like, I hate the rich so much. So a rich man is yeah. really the worst person. Yeah, exactly. By far. By far. No. And then my only other unpopular opinion, which is kind of topical, is about that stupid fucking rule about uh, not having corner stores sell food oh. after 11 o'clock. Wait, what's the unpopular part of your opinion? Oh, no, I'm on the popular side. Like, oh, I think okay. that's ridiculous. <laughs> like, I can't I thought get you over were going to say, I support this. Yeah, no, I want to be able to get pizza at any time. Like, like, I think we need more late night yes! options. Like since COVID, there's no 24 hour grocery stores or anything like that. Like perhaps someone needs a grocery shop at 2 a.m. Also, Halifax is garbage at late, late night food in general. Yeah. It's 100%. insane that we don't have more like, yeah, little pizza places, even just like like bodegos, like convenience yeah. stores. Like, yeah, that's all this place light. is. Yeah. But it's pissing off rich people who don't like to have like the noise of what? university students getting like how much noise is it really like i know i saw the crazy like homecoming thing mm. but to to clue i'm gonna assume most of my listeners aren't halifax but to to give a, a kind of general description of that essentially people are trying to stop corner stores from being open past 11 11 p.m yeah uh and it's like is it officially gonna happen or i don't i don't, I don't, I don't know follow the enough because it just pisses me off so yeah i'll just wait <laughs> sign a petition that does nothing right i know Dude, that whole dal stuff was fucking insane yeah was the parties yeah like just i i don't even know where i stand on that because i'm just kind of like i feel like everything is just bad in this situation yeah i think so i i don't know i had a weird i was wondering like if other universities had the problem or if it's just south end halifax that's so gentrified and like grown up but not gentrified i guess because it's been rich forever but um it's just like a lot of it's a college is really close to a rich neighborhood yes right whereas other times if you're just renting out like slumlord apartments to a bunch of university kids around the university yeah then you probably don't have a whole lot of complaints you don't see it at the mount which yeah. is where i went to school okay yeah and like that's like Odom bedford highway yeah like there is residences there are parties in the residences but there's not like these big crazy Parties like Dal has. Yeah. So I do think it is pretty specific to the South. Fredericton, like, they used to burn couches a lot. Like in the. That shit's expensive. What yeah. The so they would burn couches or they would have like a lot of really crazy parties and stuff like that. But it wasn't. I don't remember it being such a community based problem. You know what I mean? Where it's like. Because I have no sympathy for the people who live in the South End. No, no, none. Like, I'm sorry. Because you are don't. living in the South End in the yeah, first place. Yeah, you chose to buy a house there. It's a very expensive house. You know that there's a university there. I don't care. Yeah. I really don't. I don't have any sympathy that someone pissed on your lawn. Don't care. Love it. Yeah. Love this. You hear that, South Enders? Fuck you. Yeah, no. pretty much. <laughs> Do you ever hear Vince's joke? Vince's joke on... About beer pong? On the whole Dal stuff? It's really funny. Yeah, it's very funny. 
I fucking love Vince. Oh yeah, my god, great guy. Okay, we just uh, we just got in a hockey pool together. So oh, yeah, we're very big hockey nerds. Yeah, we were gonna go to the hockey museum down in Windsor, but the fucking hurricane happened. Oh so shit! Got to took a rain check on that. But yeah, I've never been there. I've lived in Halifax for like ten years. I tried to convince my dad. We were driving to get the boat in Sydney. I tried to convince him to drive like three hours out of the way to go to that podunk like museum down there. Oh, yeah. didn't didn't happen. No, it didn't happen. No, didn't not happen. a chance. Dream yeah. big. Yeah. Who was before we end? Who is your? Ooh, okay. This is the very end. So okay, there's a couple things we're gonna do here. I'm gonna ask you a question. We're also gonna come up with a secret hashtag that people oh, right. can let yeah. us know if they've gotten to the yeah. end. Um, who was your favorite and least favorite person to roast? Oh, wow. Um, my least favorite probably would be Martin. I had a hard time, like, coming up with just Martin's so, like, he's also nice. He's also very, very funny and, like, so off the top funny. So, yeah. like, off the cuff funny. So I had a hard time, like, trying to just figure out roast jokes for Martin. And uh, so that was uh, that was probably that one was of them. a tougher one. Yeah. And then... Uh, Jim and Kyle Carpenter might have been two of my favorites. Yeah. Just because, like, they're both such nice people. Um, I remember telling Jim, like, right before we went up, like, Jim and I were like, oh, do you want to, like, tell each other jokes now? And then we're like, no. And uh, so that was fun. Um, yeah. Well, and then with Kyle, it was the same way. Um, because Kyle is, like, such a good writer. I, I always felt doing those, like, it was, like, uh, a challenge, like, based on put on me right i felt more pressure on myself and like the thing is is like you don't listen sometimes to uh or they don't hit hard like the mean jokes don't hit as hard sometimes because right. you're like too focused on like trying to come up with a creative play on it or, or sometimes or they're just too mean yeah you can lose people for being too mean the audience don't want to have it like you know like too mean for the love I of god everybody stop wishing people kill themselves <laughs> yeah it's awkward. <laughs> the audience does not like it. I've been no. in the audience for all of these roast battles. It is more e than funny. Yeah, you can unless you do it in a sometimes. very funny way. I think there was one roast joke that was done in a funny way that it worked. It was like so and so looks like a suicide girl. Unfortunately, without the suicide, <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's just a it's a tricky one to um, pull off. I had a suicide joke that that went over well. Oh yeah, what was yours? You did have uh, one. So I was roasting Vicky, and I said she's the kind of girl that you can <gasps> introduce to your parents at your own funeral after you've killed yourself. That was a good one. I yeah. will give you that. That was the a great one. like that because it was. I was talking about killing myself instead of telling yes. her to kill herself. That's the key right yeah. there. You're not saying I wish you would go kill yourself. You're yeah. saying like this person's so insufferable that I would. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, no, I, yeah, I mean, sometimes they just don't pick up on it. Like, I did the a little bit of a suicide joke when uh, I went up against Kyle Carpenter. Mm -hmm. Oh, um, the suicide note. Yeah, and that was like Brad Trousey almost ghost wrote that with me. Like, he that helped me with that one. a lot. Yeah, but that was a really, really good one. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, the My favorite one I wrote for the last one, uh, we I gave it to Josh, and we didn't have a chance to use it because uh, oh. we should have used it on Trousey. Or you should use it on Trousy, but yeah, uh, I want to tell it now just because I yes, love it. Tell it. <laughs> uh, so whatever, whoever it was, Brad or Vince, whatever, is like they're a huge hockey fan. Uh, they were actually part of Team Canada for the 2003 World Juniors. It was their job to find victims and pool tables. 
Oh my god! So it's kind of dark. <laughs> Holy shit! Yeah, <laughs> yeah but uh, but yeah, no, the roast stuff is really fun. I'm excited for the next one. I don't know if I'm gonna do it, but I'm definitely gonna go and watch it and oh, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I don't Can know you, when it is. It might be nice to give yourself a break and watch it. That's what I really had a blast watching the last one, which was they're really fun. fun to watch. Yeah, they're really fun to watch, they're and it's so uh, watch. it's such a great crowd and like atmosphere and stuff like that. That's right. Yeah. All right, secret hashtag. Let's think. What's a good hashtag from this episode? Wow. Hashtag suicide joke. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Hashtag suicide joke. Um, John, plug the things that you want to plug. So oh, your, yeah, all right. your rooms that you do, all yeah. your things. So uh, Red Room every Friday is uh, it's downtown the Dart Gallery in Portland Street in Dartmouth. Uh, I have um, the Glen Arbor show coming up. That's uh, this coming week. So that's the 13th. Yeah, yeah, mm, and that's a golf course. Never did a golf course oh, before, so that's gonna be kind of fun. Um, I look like I beat my wife after I golf, so that's <laughs> got some material right away. Yeah, right off the bat, I'll wear that. I'll wear that work clothes and uh, see how that goes. And uh, yeah, I'm in Fredericton. They're Fredericton's doing a laugh your ass off uh, comedy festival. Uh, October 21st, 22nd. So I'll be hosting the shows on the 22nd. Josh is hosting the shows on the 21st. Oh, that's Vince fun. is a headliner. Uh, Vince Alexander. Do you guys have a ticket link for that? Uh, I will get one. I can pop that in. <laughs> yeah, the, the sure. Podcast. Yeah, I'll do that. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of great comedies from all over uh, the Maritime. Maggie Estes coming from Upton. Oh, Evan yeah. Steve, oh Everybody's so, yeah. depressed. Yeah. Next subject. Love yeah, those I mean, two. That's yeah, great. Yeah, give me a great time. Uh, Lynn Woods is one of the headliners oh, Friday Lynn. night. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so it's uh, it's a really 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 fun time. Fuck yeah, man! Thank you so much yeah. for coming on the podcast. Nah, thanks for having me. I always wanted to be a guest on like a late night show, so this is close as I'll ever come. Oh, <laughs> so. that, that makes me happy. Yeah, that's what yeah. I wanted. I want to be a late night talk show. Yeah, like, right. Okay. <laughs> that's the goal. That's the goal. Thanks so much, buddy, for coming on. No we, worries. I I really have dessert the bell this season, but the bell is like a like a yes bell like yeah. a, I agree but I, I just I always forget to ding it but it is today the end of the episode so you can ring the bell all right oh so gentle one <laughs> finger one finger bell ring yeah fuck yeah thank you for listening to the intoxicated podcast if you enjoyed this week's episode make sure you subscribe on whatever podcast app you use and leave a rating or review on apple podcasts you can also give us a follow on Facebook and Instagram at Intoxicated Podcast and check out our video episodes on the Intoxicated YouTube channel. Until next week, feel hard and talk hard. Intoxicated Podcast is hosted and produced by Sarah McClellan and brought to you by the messiness of life.